everybody. Welcome to Toddler Purgatory. This is your host, Molly. Yo, yo, it's Blair. And today we are talking about a post we put up on the What Fresh Hell podcast Facebook page asking people, this is what happened. I was looking around the old motherhood intranets, just like poking around, and saw a lot of people were just, I don't know, trying to verbalize. It's sort of what you would tell new moms or new parents, but specifically new moms. But it's also what, specifically what makes a happy motherhood. What is a happy motherhood to you? And I think that we got some overarching themes to this Facebook post query that we put up. We were asking specifically about the first year. So we said, hey, hey, Todd Perg fam, for an upcoming episode, Molly and I want to know what does having a happier motherhood mean to you? What are your tips to help new parents have a happier first year? And we got some beautiful answers. And I have to say, I really connected with a lot of them looking back at that first year when I really, Blair, I was like barely treading water. I was, my head was. I have a picture of myself. I was trying to take pictures of myself with different kind of baby carriers on. Not the easy kind that you snap into, which I love the soft structured carrier, whatever it's called. Not those. I was trying different wraps. You know, like baby wraps. And I would take a picture of myself So, you know, from the front or in the mirror so that I could see what it looked like. Was my baby's legs a good frog legs? Was it where it was supposed to be? I would line it. You know, I'd do it and then I'd match it to the picture that I was trying to follow, whatever, to see how I did. I didn't do great. I did fine. But looking back at those photos now that occasionally crop up either in my memories or just in my, you know, photo rolls as I look back at pictures of my son as a child, as a baby, he's still a child. Mostly what I see is not the beautiful woven baby carriers. What I see is someone who is so tired and like my hair is so hilariously like on top of my head, but also like Jack and Jill falling down the hill. Like my, the bun on top of my head is like off to one side, like I have crazy uncombed hair. I'm wearing (laughs) crazy clothes, like anything that I could sleep in, not in a comfy, fashionable loungewear kind of way, like day and night, just sweats. Just sweats. <laughs> Nothing against sweats. I mean, I love them. I'm still living them. But man, I was just kind of a lot of the time, not the whole time, but a lot of the time floundering around, like feeling like I still didn't, couldn't find my footing. I don't know. My first with my six year old, I don't know. I was in just like loving life land. I had some good hormones a pumping through me. I really did. I enjoyed that first year. Now, my second came. That's a whole nother story. I felt out of body. I felt unwell and supremely tired all of the time. And yeah, just the same. Like nothing. I didn't feel like anything belonged to me. Yeah. Your body was not your own. Your time was not your own. Yeah. And even though it was at the second one, it felt like I was doing it for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is different. Well, I do like the way that that does sort of speak to the fact that every child is different. Every pregnancy is different. And I think that's kind of one of the upshots I got from our responses on this Facebook query as well was like, let go of any expectations you might have, including the one from your first child. Yes. Don't expect. Yep. Because I didn't have a tough pregnancy. Neither one of my pregnancies were tough. The end of my second one, I was like, get this child out of me, please. But that was because I was doing a lot of like lifting of my other kid. And I was just like, I was so tired. Yeah. And my belly felt heavy. But I did. I put the expectations that, oh, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be the same. It's going to be, you know, similar. Right. No bueno. And I think that's that kind of locks into this yet. This idea of like 
kind of release all expectations. Yeah. One of our listeners, Courtney, says, don't expect the first year to be storybook perfect. We expected so much out of it with our first daughter, and it definitely made us feel like we weren't doing it right when we didn't enjoy every second. Here, here, Courtney. Mm. We managed our expectations with daughter number two. We realized kids are going to have meltdowns more often than not. You're going to look a hot mess. Check. And we gave up on that gigantic bows and matching outfits. That's really funny. I didn't have girls, <laughs> so I can see how, like, you would be excited about that. Like, oh, it's going to be so cute. Yeah. Life was more enjoyable when we stopped trying to make everything Instagram perfect and started living in the messy reality of parenthood. Here, here, yeah. Courtney. And that is true. It is a messy reality. It is like, I never really, you know, I think maybe because I'm an older mom, but like, I never felt that strong pressure, that Instagram mom type pressure, like these perfect lives that we see and like, that's how it's going to be. And I think in some ways we're fortunate that we are freed from that because social media is not as strong a point in our life as maybe young, for younger generations it may be. But there's certainly the aspect since the dawn of time of keeping up with the Joneses. You know, the dawn of time, I'm sure. You know, the kids in the cave next door <laughs> never have meltdowns. <laughs> Ever. They just bang. And they eat everything off their dinosaur bones. And did you hear the rhythm when they bang that rock against their inside of their cave? That kid's musically inclined. My kid just eats that rock. So good. So good. But I do feel like it's the beginning of, since the beginning of time, we have this idea that, oh, that, you know, the life that we see other people exhibiting wherever that may be, whether it be around the fire when they come out of their cave or whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or what have you. And I, it's so hard to not measure yourself against them, but try, try to release yourself from the stress of measuring up, whatever that thing may be. I think too, like being older moms and also I had friends who had kids like right out of college and that was 552 years for me. So I knew like going into motherhood, I had friends who had kids who were in their teens. So I was like, all right. I saw like I saw it from the beginnings and I was just like, yeah, that that I'm scrolling through. That ain't real life. I've seen the inside of your house. I've seen the inside of your house. Girl, I know what this is. Yeah. So the pressure was off. But still, I think it's like too like when it came to like breastfeeding and sleeping, like nap schedules, all that stuff. That was like where I was like comparing and contrasting. Yeah. And some kids slept well from jump. And I was like, how dare you? How dare your kids sleep so well? <laughs> but you yeah. are right. Like, and that might be a little plug for us right now for any moms listening to this who are younger or if you know a younger mom. I think it's a good idea in all aspects of life to have friends who aren't all the same age or generation as you. And that might be a benefit. Start talking to the moms on the playground who maybe <laughs> look a little older than you <laughs> or something like <laughs> Maybe get some perspective. It really helps. One of my best friends in the whole world has three boys and they're, you know, eight, 10 and 12, something like that. And it has really helped to like look at her journey and her kids and just, I mean, I just saw her a couple months ago and she said, I said something about school pictures. I can't remember what. And she said, oh, we gave up on school pictures a long time ago. And I was like, what do you mean you gave up on them? Like, you don't take them? She goes, no, we take them. We just don't pre-order them. She's like, because yeah. they're going to, at least something is going to drive me crazy like yeah whether yep. his hair or his outfit or his whatever or his milk mustache they didn't get off or whatever you know whatever it is <laughs> she's like we just we don't do that she's like i'll take pictures out in the yard and i can print them out and give them to people if they want a picture and of course now we're in much more of a digital age so that's another thing but so then lo and behold we have 
my son's six and we had his pictures come in and he looks so cute. He looks like such a big boy as a cute outfit on. He had just gotten over COVID. And so his upper lip is more chapped than I've ever seen in my life. It's like <laughs> the Sahara. <laughs> and it's kind of red. And I said to my, because uh, I wasn't here when the school pictures were taken. I, I was on a shoot. And I said, I can't remember why. What is happening to his lip? Is that chapped? He goes, yeah. He's like, I don't remember that specifically, but maybe by the time they took the pictures, it had gotten worse. I'm like, that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. And I, my friend's voice rang in my head. Oh, we've given up on school pictures. And I was like, oh, I need to lower my expectations. Yeah. It's so true. To have had that voice of someone who had already been through this was incredibly helpful to me in that time where I was like, oh, no, can we distribute these pictures? Yeah. Is anyone going to like them? Are people going to judge me for my son having a chapped upper lip? Let me tell you, son. He always has chapped lips. We do the best (laughs) we can. He hates aquaphor. He hates like petrolatum or petroleum-based things. Uh Uh-huh. It's a real cramp on my side because I am an aquaphor girl. Mm. Me too, girl. Me too. Give me that Vaseline stick. Yes. Oh, the Vaseline stick. Oh, put it. Give it to me for my eyebrows. Give it to me for my cuticles. Give it to me for my ups, oh, lips. For it all. For those nostril hairs. Tame them nostril hairs. Boop, 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 boop. Get them down. Down, little doggy. So Jordan says on this list, she's this beautiful thing about stress and letting it go. And... She says the definition of stress is resistance to what is. <laughs> what are you? What are you, my therapist, Jordan? What are you, my therapist? Okay, Jordan. Yeah, okay, Jordan. But seriously, you're right. But seriously, Jordan. And let the situation be what it is, and you'll feel happier even when cleaning vomit out of your car seat. That part, I don't agree with, because I don't like vomit in any... You're not a vomit person. Don't puke around me. Molly, I have to tell you this, and I think that I might be crazy, but it saves my life. I bought those like vomit bags. Oh, like on the plane? Like puke bag? A Mises bags. Well, they're like the ones you get in the hospital. They're like. Oh, with the circle. Yeah. The hard rim on the outside. Yeah. I have them around my house. My kids are not pukers. Knock on wood. But my daughter is, whenever she gets a fever, she pukes. So the minute there's a fever, I have one of those bags in my grasp. They're everywhere. It's cuckoo bananas. I like the idea of imagining you stashing them, but like trying to make it look hidden, like you have a bouquet of flowers and it's just like casually in the middle. And the minute someone's like, oh, I'm like, I got it. I got it. I got you. Or if any of them say like, mommy, I have a tummy ache. I immediately say, do you feel like you're going to throw up? Do you feel like you're going to throw up? And of course, the answer is always like, yes. And I'm like, OK, I know what I'm setting them up for. Hey. Everyone's got their thing. Everyone's got their thing. Well, maybe this next part will comfort you. A response to Jordan was uh, listener Gina, who says, yes, my therapist once said to me when I was describing a particularly terrible part of my day with the kids, that sometimes you just have to, quote, sit with the discomfort. That's it. End quote. Otherwise, you can make yourself overthink every single thing and you'll get too worked up. That's it. I think it's just like breathing. Breathe. Is that what we should do? (sighs) I don't know. I have to be honest with you. I like was a real jerk the other day to my kid. Oh, all right. I couldn't. I wasn't. I was stressed. I was not sitting in the discomfort. I was actively fighting the discomfort of whatever the situation was. I think my dog was trying to get from one room to the other and he's chewing on shoes and toys. And we have a dog who's slightly d- destructive right now because he's a puppy. And I just couldn't. It was like that movie with the rat. You know, the rat who cooks the food. Ratatouille? Yep. <laughs> And they, oh, like a cartoon of some kind when the servers are balancing like oversized trays on each hand and it's, but that was me. 
And I saw it all, both of those trays about to clatter onto the floor, metaphorically speaking. And I was like, nope. And what I needed to do was be like, huh, I wonder what this will sound like. Like I needed to just sit in the discomfort and accept it. And I didn't. Or maybe you are sitting in the discomfort of it and it's just driving you crazy. (laughs) Like it's uncomfortable here. I'm sitting in it and like I'm about to lose my you know what. Yeah. And I think that's maybe part of the metaphor is like sitting in it and breathing through it as opposed to me like kicking the trays and kicking the dishes and getting mad. And I was so I was such a jerk. And like, obviously, I'm still kicking myself for it. I needed to breathe through it. I need to take these people's advice and just be like, okay, this is what it is. Let it snow. Let it snow. I often, when I think of like sitting in the discomfort of it, yeah, is that thing of like the school pictures. Yeah. Is that when I got the email of opening it, right? It was like, all right, here we go. And I sat in the discomfort of, because I've seen, I know of parents who get the retouches. Oh, yeah. And the parents who get the redos, you know, and I get, I totally understand that because it's their Christmas gift. It's their holiday ornament gift that they're sending out to the family. So they wanted to make it nice. I totally get that. But for me, I remember I was like, sit in the discomfort of that this picture may not turn out the way that you want it to look because your kids are completely and totally unaware of how they should look for picture day. Even though I gave them instructions on how to, I was pretty clear with my three and six year old. I was pretty clear about the three year old making sure that her pigtails were straight. They are. I've seen a picture. I've seen it. The pigtails were straight. It's really cute. It's cute. They did a great job. But again, I get that thing of like sitting in the discomfort of it and just like accepting it for what it is and don't stress yourself out because it's just going to make things worse. Yeah, somebody else said that. One of the readers said something about same thing. You know, it's all about managing these expectations, whether it be school pictures or breastfeeding. Mm hmm. Oh, when we come back, let's talk about breastfeeding. We'll be right back. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. 
So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Hi, we're back on Toddler Purgatory. It's Molly. I forgot I had a paper cut on my hand. I just clapped my hands, and now I'm in hell. How can one small thing... Insane, right? Insane. Insane. Don't stop your toe. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Or the worst that's been happening to us in our household lately, to my son and I, for some reason, we're both coming around corners and catching our small toe on the leg of the couch or the leg of the coffee table or the leg of the dining room chair. And these are not in new places. The things I'm telling you about have not been moved recently. We just like, boom, getting that little toe caught and you scream, you fall on the floor, you're in agony. And then two minutes later, you're like, eh, I think I'll be all right. But man, those two minutes. Forget it. Done. Forget it. You leave your own body. Your soul leaves your body. Oh, your body is only pain. There's no room for your soul because your body's filled with pain. <laughs> for reals. So we talked before the break about lowering our expectations. Gina, one of our listeners says, lower your expectations, then lower them again. <laughs> I love that. It's so true. She also said prioritize sleep, especially if you have a terrible sleeper. And maybe just accept the fact that some babies just don't sleep well. You will make yourself crazy if you keep Googling and reading and trying to find the solution. She says, I wish someone had given me this advice. You're not doing anything wrong. Sometimes there's no solution or advice that's going to work with your family. That's so true. Everybody's family is different. Everyone's different. Everyone's family is different. And that leads me to the next part of her comment, which is about breastfeeding. What is it? There is such a pressure on people saying it comes naturally. I laugh in your general direction. That's dumb. That's a dumb comment. And I hope that like 
we have been woken enough to it that we can stop saying it. I think you're right. I feel like at least with people in the motherhood spheres, I do feel like I hear that yelled from the rooftop, which is like, if people tell you that breastfeeding is a beautiful thing, it comes naturally. If people tell you if you don't breastfeed, you're not being a good mom or some BS. Breast is best. Yeah, come on. Breast, no, fed is best. But that's what she says. She says, it's okay to quit breastfeeding. Gina says, I sacrificed my mental health for breastfeeding and looking back, it was definitely not worth it. It caused a lot of stress and anxiety, not only for me, but for the rest of my family. That anxiety has had a lasting impact on my mental health and her, and her family's mental health and the relationships as well. Because we put this pressure on ourselves. Let me tell you something. I had a freezer filled with frozen breast milk because... <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I got hit with a train because I had read somewhere that when you breastfeed, you also have to pump. You have to pump. You're always pumping, 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 pumping. And it is good to have backup. I don't think you need it as much. You could have filled a refrigerator truck from Cisco making deliveries. That's amazing. Yeah. I couldn't. That was the thing. I Some people cannot. All I could get out was two to three ounces just for him and her. That's it. Per sesh. And I had to supplement. And I felt guilty for it. Oh, which sucks that you felt that way. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm, I'm sorry. How it went. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're here to tell our listeners that it doesn't have to go that way. It doesn't at all. If you have to supplement, fine. If you are a milk factory like yours truly, fine. Mm -hmm. Do you have to freeze so much? Probably not. I went crazy because I felt like I wasn't doing it right if I didn't. I don't know expectations let them go (laughs) yes another big one ask for help do it if you're waiting for someone to give you permission to ask for help blair and i are doing that right now you have permission Mm -hmm. ask yep my husband and i were talking the other day he was saying that a friend of his this was like when they were in college or something it was like this real doofy dude had this like beautiful like really cool chick and everyone was always like how the hell did you land her and his friend would always say he asked (laughs) (laughs) 10 seconds of bravery that's it yep that's all you need just ask yeah and if there is a sense of pride which i don't think we need to have in not asking it's like oh i can do this by myself i'm a warrior we just don't happen to have the built-in villages that we used to it takes a village So we got to build ours. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not going to come from other people or they might ask, but they don't really know what to ask or how to ask. Mm -hmm. Our listener, Kristen, says, be specific with requests for help. People do want to help. But when you are vague, people don't know what to do. So if someone offers help, have ideas like specific food needs or offer ideas like coming over to sit with the baby while you shower, etc. And then somebody else said the exact same thing, which is if you're offering to help a new mom or new parents, Offer specific things as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, sure, could the mom power through it without somebody holding her baby while she showered? Absolutely. I went days and days without showering. Yep. Congratulations to me. I did it. I did it. Why? Why? <laughs> Quick question. Why? Why? When I could have just said to my really nice next door neighbor, Jessica, who I don't know anymore, but she's very nice, but she was super nice. I could have said, hey, can you hang out with the baby? I was so afraid. Like I was a, a bad mom. I, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Why do we put ourselves through this? How, how can we take this yoke of responsibility and this feeling like if you don't do it on your own, you're somehow less than? How can we take that off of new moms and new parents? 
I think it's also generational because I know I felt a lot of pressure, even though my mom came to help me out. There was still like every now and then she'd she'd like give me that look or she'd give me that something that was like, you got this girl. And I was like, no, I don't. That's why you're here. (laughs) Yeah. Help me. Yeah. Help me. You got this. You got this. Like, I don't. I don't have it. I don't have an inch of it. And I wonder what it is or was to you at the time, because like, I can't tell you the overarching theme of these responses was sit with the messy, like maybe it is all made up in our heads. Maybe this threshold, this benchmark we feel like we're supposed to maintain or hold or surpass is BS. So how can we just like have a crazy house and don't be ashamed to have your neighbor come over and see your crazy house? Like I remember... My parents came to help out and my parents like, what can we do? And I think they just wanted to like hold the baby, but I felt like I couldn't, I had to hold the baby. Like I had to be the one who was there for the baby all the time. So I was like, I don't know. I guess if somebody like cleaned the bathroom, that'd be nice. Cause I was afraid of people judging me for a dirty bathroom when I just had a baby. Ooh. 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 And my mom was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> She's like, I'm good. Thank you. Where the cookies? She's like, not your maid. Where the cookies at? Where's the baby? Give me that baby. Oh, gosh, we put such uh, pressure on ourselves. Try and take that pressure off. Ask for help. So if you're not comfortable being able to function in a messy house or (laughs) having a robe on with no bra, that was me all the time. (laughs) All the time. Jangle, jangles. (laughs) (laughs) Robe and comfy pants. I had those. I still wear that. I wore them last night to bed. Those jog, like, you know, soft joggers. These were called Vuori or Vuori or something like that. Listeners. You know I got them on Poshmark. (laughs) You know I did. But boy, were they comfy. They're so good. One of our listeners, Tiffany, says, take it day by day. And for the non-birthing parent, help out more than you think you need to. Yes. Ask for help. Take the help that's offered. Be specific in what you need, again, with the the specificity. And listen, listen. Because I know there were times where I was just, like, lamenting out loud. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's like... It wasn't like I was expecting my husband to, like, pick up what I was, like, stepping in. Why not? (laughs) Right. Why not? You know? So it's like, listen. Listen to what, you know, if she passively says, oh, man, I stink. You know, grab the baby. Go say, hey, go take a shower. Go take a quick shower. What can I do? You know? And then you hear that crying, your biological whatever says, oh, my baby's crying, so I shouldn't take a shower. I should go be with the baby. No baby ever died from crying for 10 minutes while you took a shower. Man, it's so hard to fight those biological impulses, though. I got to be honest with you. Because you are still, your body and your instincts are still convinced that you're the same person with your baby because they were inside of you for so long. Or whether they were inside of you or not, or whether it's a surrogate or what have you, you have that biological, or adopted, you have that biological pull towards your, your kid and your kid's cries. Oh. Kristen says, don't be afraid to take shortcuts or hacks where you can. And that goes along oh, with I like that. asking for help. Things like auto-subscribing for household essentials. Yes, girl. Having a weekly meal rotation so you know every Wednesday is spaghetti night. Use paper plates for a while if you have to. That's right, Kristen. It doesn't, we don't have to load the dishwasher every night. It's okay. Climate change is real, but Mother Nature is going to give you a pass if you can't do dishes on Wednesday night for three to six months, she's okay with that. Two places that I gave up on my eco-consciousness during early motherhood. Tissues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I ever used a hanky like my dad did when I was a kid or anything. But like I was generally pretty much aware of that. Oh, let me tell you something. I spilled three crumbs on the floor and I needed to get it. Tissue. 
I see a weird, someone killed a fly on the wall and didn't, <laughs> it didn't fall. Tissue. I use so many freaking tissues. I do not know why. I don't know why. Tissues are my go-to. My husband will tell you I had two boxes open in every room at the same time. I needed tissues. Why? Why did I need that? Sorry. Because you did. <sighs> what was your mother nature but damn shortcut? <laughs> I'd have to say like the wipes issue. Mm. Yours was tissues, mine was wipes. I wiped every damn thing. I used a wipe for everything. Pit, sweaty pits, sneaky pits. Gotta wipe. Little public service message. Never flush your wipes, even if they say flushable wipes. Yeah, don't never, ever flush your never, wipes. Never, ever, 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 ever. If it says flushable, do not listen to them. They are liars. And takeout, too. Like, that was another thing. Like, oh, fair. I felt like, especially once my second came along. Yeah. Because I had gotten into this thing of, like, cooking. Because now I have a child that I'm, like, needing to, who can't eat takeout. Yeah, apparently they can't eat takeout. <laughs> they can't eat takeout. But I mean, like, you know, like, you know, my kid was two and a half when my daughter was born. So I'd been making him meals. And then once the baby got here, I was like, uh, I can't cook right now. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to learn to, like, Popeye's, baby, because tonight we're having Popeye's for dinner. I will say that's another thing that leads me to another thing that I'd like to tell new moms, which is like, try not to compare and despair, which is to say, don't go on mom Instagram. People be blending up that homemade baby food and stuff. And I, I say tutu to them. That is amazing. I love that they did that. I love my friends who that was their thing. And they bought beautiful or grew their own beautiful organic food, blended it up, gave their babies baby food. Listen. It's not for everybody. It wasn't for me. I bought the best possible baby food that I could afford, Mm -hmm. you know, and I did blend up a bunch of stuff. Like if we had something for dinner, I just blend it up and give it to the kid when he was at them, when they were at that age that they could do that. But there's something about the beautiful, picturesque, you know, Vaseline on the lens, you know, breastfeeding parents with their hair that's clearly been in hot rollers. Girl, your hair (laughs) has been in hot rollers. Why? Because they are influencers or they want to be influencers and they are hoping to get advertising dollars and it is their job. So try and take that pressure off yourself. Sure, you might have one picturesque Pinterest ready pictures. You might have one where like you accidentally got a really beautiful shot of you breastfeeding your kid. But mostly it was me with like a pile of Lara bars because I had to eat when I was breastfeeding. It took so much out of me that I had to eat the whole time. Mm -hmm. So my husband, the saint that he is, always made sure I had a cool little jar he it was probably a mason jar. He's very good about stuff like that. Like, I would have been like, here it is in an old tissue box. But he's like, here it is in a mason jar. So cute. <laughs> so I had, probably had that with my big, huge milk-filled breasts and my tired face and my eye gook. You know what I mean? That's really the most accurate one. But you might get a good picture. But try not to compare and despair. It sucks. Stay off of it. Try to stay off of it. Yeah, especially if it's doing that thing to your soul where you're feeling like, oh, get off. You have the power to do that. Yeah. Shut it off. It's hard. Just a huge sigh. Thinking about myself in this day and age with a six-year-old, still comparing and despairing because that is what social media is, you know? (sighs) Here's one more before we go to break. Christy says, don't get frustrated about unsolicited advice. This is sort of part of the let it go. People will do it all through motherhood, not just when you have a newborn. Mm Mm-hmm. And just try and remember that most people mean well. Thank them. Move on without dwelling on it. If they ask you later on if you tried their trick or whatever, just say you did, but it didn't work for you or your family. Whether you did or did not try it doesn't matter. Most people will be happy that you at least tried their advice regardless of how practical or ridiculous it is. (laughs) True, true. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of opinions coming your way. (sighs) And also like that whole, and I've mentioned this so many times because it's such a, it chaps my butt, but that whole thing of like, you know, it goes by so quick. 
It's like, I know. I was 22 four weeks ago, and now I am 42 with two children. I know how fast it goes, okay? It goes fast, but it's also like, I'm also in the moment a lot, and it's really frustrating, and it's really hard, and I don't get time to myself, and I need you to acknowledge that, stranger. (laughs) You know, like, stranger person, I don't know. I totally understand, and I get that your child is now in college, and you missed the days that they were screaming in Target, but I'm in that right now, and it's like, just maybe give... And even now, I mean, I've bit my tongue a few times when I've seen like moms in the cafe outside of my building, like breastfeeding their newborns. And I've like almost said like, you know, oh, such a special time. And it's like, but I bite my tongue. That's me because I'm like super hyper aware that maybe she's sitting outside of that cafe breastfeeding because she's so utterly lonely inside, you know, she's all by herself. Or maybe she just needs some fresh air or, you know, it could be a a myriad of things. So, like, sometimes I'm just like, okay. Yeah. That's a beautiful moment. Remember that, Blair? Don't say anything to her. (laughs) And if somebody does do your best to be gracious, but also if you need to stand up for yourself and say, that's what I hear. Have a good day and walk away. Take care of yourself, too. But try not to take it too, too personally. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Wow. And with that, uh, we'll be back in a minute. (laughs) Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. 
but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hi, everybody. We're back on Toddler Purgatory. Another big theme that floated to the top of these Facebook responses, which I thought was really great. And I find completely true, which is you have to take care of yourself. We've already touched upon that with sleep. We've touched upon that with asking for help. And this one from Alyssa talks about really creating tiny moments. They may seem insignificant at the time, but they could be just that little bit of filling your cup that you need. Alyssa says, so hard because a lot of the first year is draining and overwhelming. But when I was drowning in newborn twin life, toot toot, God bless Alyssa, some little things that really helped me were lighting a candle after the kids were in bed and cleaning the kitchen with a podcast in my earbuds and twinkly Christmas lights still up. There you go. Nice. Let them know, Alyssa. Let them know the real deal. Yeah. She says, you know, she said earlier, maybe this is corny. Just finding little moments and things that aren't a big deal, but are attainable. They don't feel so far outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not like you're loading up your newborn to go to Prague for the weekend. <laughs> That'd be nice. I don't know why I said Prague. She said, I still had to clean the kitchen. Why not make it as enjoyable for me as possible? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that because it is about those tiny things, those little victories, those little moments of breath for you, right? I do think I did that sometimes and I tried not to get too far into like retail therapy when I had a little tiny kid because I felt lonelier because I felt like I needed some retail soothing yes. because you could also go bankrupt, <laughs> <laughs> especially with like those aforementioned woven baby wraps. But yeah, you got to kind of be careful to rein that in. But like treat yourself to like the really nice candle. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that's your thing, that's going to get you through those 10 minutes that you have free between your baby going down and you going down. Because <laughs> remember, we're also prioritizing sleep. You got to go down. <laughs> so yeah, like maybe okay, put up those Christmas lights, go to Big Lots and get those Christmas lights, whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you got to find those moments that feel attainable. Oh, I thought she meant like she still had them up from Christmas. Oh, I thought she meant that she was putting out twinkly Christmas lights in the kitchen. I was like, oh, no, I know Alyssa meant that she still had them twinkly Christmas lights because she hadn't taken them down yet. Okay, maybe that's it, too. Maybe that's it, too. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love the people in general that keep up Christmas lights year round because they D-G-A-F and they're like, nope, Christmas makes me happy. Yep. I love it. What's happening? Oh, I love it. If it were me, I would have trick-or-treating. I just want to see other people's costumes. So maybe not trick-or-treating. Costume all, yeah. all year round? Or like, just like Saturdays. It is all year round. But it doesn't have to be every day. Just Saturdays, people like parade past my office door or, you know, my office window if I'm the mayor of Halloween Town. No. <laughs> that would be great. Kamalika says, try taking time off from your kiddo. If you can, if possible, do it, whatever you want. Same thing, like sleep, music, walk, cook, bath, Netflix, whatever, but not with a baby under your watch solo, right? Mom's already living in a constant vigilant mode biologically. Just let them be in someone else's care for a short time. Girl, yes. Looking back, I realized that the COVID lockdown didn't allow me to do this enough. Mm-hmm. And while it was good for the baby, the constant watch, it messed up my brain, which is so true. And she's so right about the whole biological thing, which is something that I stress out about, even now that they're so much more independent than they were when they were baby babies. But it's just like that thing of like, okay, I know what to make for dinner, right? I know what they'll eat. I know how they'll eat. I know how to get them to eat. It's just easier to have it be you. It's just easier. But then it's like you just find yours. I will find myself like months later just like sitting and I'm just like, I have not had any time just to myself. I haven't taken myself out to dinner. My husband and I haven't had a date night in who knows how long. And I'm just like... Ugh. That's interesting, too, to hear you say that with a six and a three-year-old, because it leads me to believe that if new parents had that thing on their calendar, even when their kids were young, 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 then it was built in so that you'd know you had a break. I feel like if I have a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm okay. Like if I say, oh, well, it's the first Saturday of the month, so me and David, my husband, so me and David are going to see a movie. Oh, okay. See, we had that, but even still, it was like, for my husband... It was like we had the idea of that because someone told us their unsolicited advice was have a date night built in. And we were like, yup, yes, we are going to. And we did not do it. And it was mainly because didn't my husband was working and weekends were our times to go and have, you know, date nights. So what do we do? We brought the kid with us and then it just turned into a thing. And then it was just like, you know, and it gets away from you. Life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. So this is your reminder. This is your reminder, people. Try and do it early if you can. Another listener named Caitlin says, get out of the house if you're a stay-at-home parent, but to the low-pressure stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is that other idea of something that's attainable, right? Lighting your a really good candle when you're doing the dishes. Low-pressure stuff. Library baby times or reading times. Free play groups, mom groups in the park. It might seem like work to get out, but the payoff of socializing and an hour of someone else being in charge is worth it. She also says two cheers for baby wearing, which is, yeah, was also for, really good for me too. But yeah, those do as much as you can. Ah, you don't even have to do it really before the baby is born because it doesn't feel as pressing then. But when you can and, you know, enlist your, everything's online now. 
enlist any friends or your mother-in-law or your mother or your dad or your partner, mm-hmm. go online and find things locally that are F-R-E-E because there's so many things to bring your kid to. It's awesome. And hopefully your community has that or you have access to a community that does. And that's all part of the asking for help thing, too. Yeah, for sure. Like, get a task, rabbit. With that kind of, like, low-stress research stuff, you know? <laughs> Take it off your plate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Take it off. Plate. You're already very full plate. <gasps> and, yeah, so I would say, overall, the things I learned from these responses and also from having been through it six years ago, you know, a happy motherhood for me had not only to do with staring into your kids' eyes and bonding and all those late night cuddles and that kind of thing, but also those moments of laughing so hard in the playground with a new mom friend. We took our kid to music class and being able to play music with the kids and the moms and dads and grandparents that were there, but then also going to the playground afterwards saying yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can go to the playground and we could put our kids all together in a circle while we shoot the breeze, you know, say yes to those little things, find the little moments that'll make you happy and feel attainable so that you're taking care of yourself. And as much as you can, don't worry about what everybody else thinks of you or what works for other families or other people. What works for you? Can you sit in the reality of what you have around you and just give yourself a chance to breathe? Yes. Yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Any other takeaways, Blair? (laughs) Flair's dying laughing. Ditto, boom. No, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, I wish you could see her right now. She's like, ditto, boom, nailed it. Flair out. Listen, I'm working on like such little sleep right now. We had a very tumultuous week last week. And I'm just, as I'm like listening to all these things, I'm like, yeah, like I need time to myself. I need to sleep. Like I need sleep. I need all these things. And what resonates with me too is that all these things happen in the first few hours, weeks, months, days, whatever, but it's still true now. And it feels like it's going to be like this for a real long time. And I think the better I get at managing my own expectations and giving myself the space and grace and giving myself the rest when I need to will only benefit me. It's just, you know, the consistent reminder of that and fighting those biological urges to just like, constantly take care of these two children who need me all the time. Yep. (laughs) And those children are why we're here. You know, they're the happy part of the happy motherhood, but the other part of the happy is us. So make sure we take care of us and bring those expectations down because you're doing good. Moms and dads and grandparents and caretakers. You're doing it. (laughs) Thanks for being here on Toddler Purgatory. Visit us on ToddlerPurgatory.com for past episodes and drop us a note. We love hearing from you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, 
and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.